today on Anchored in the Word. Good will be perceived as evil, and evil will be perceived as good. Whoa, we're seeing some of that too. We're starting to see a lot of that. We're seeing that. If you want to hold on to righteousness, through time, you were, you were welcomed. Oh, he's a good person. He, you know, okay. But now it's like, no, no, we want you to be wicked like us. Because this idea, so we're seeing a change. We're seeing, we're seeing it get deeper and deeper in the muck and mire. Watch out. Be ready. Keep looking up. But I'm This is Anchored in the Word, the radio ministry of Calvary Chapel Coastlands in Eatontown, New Jersey, with our pastor and teacher, Bill Beckelman. The Bible tells us that no man knows the day or the hour, but we know the season of the Lord's return. Everyone who enters heaven will recognize the divine authority of God. Our earthly mind cannot comprehend the beauty of heaven. Join us as Pastor Bill gives us a glimpse of the throne room of the Almighty God. At the close of Pastor Bill's message, I'll be sharing with you how you can get a copy of today's broadcast of Anchored in the Word. Subscribe to the podcast or get in touch with us. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 24, with today's study. The reason it says that he's waiting is because he wants people to get saved. In other words, he's he's being long-suffering. But when it happens, when the time comes... It's going to happen quickly. No man knows the day or the hour. But one of the things that he says to his people, Matthew 24 and and places, he talks about this idea that my people, my sheep hear my voice, my people will know. They won't know the day or the hour, but the season. You'll be able to see the stage set. You'll know that things are happening. Okay, it seems like Jesus talked about, as in the days of Noah, so will be be the, the coming of the Son of Man, you know, People were eating and drinking and giving in marriage. And by the way, um, in the days of Noah, things were really, really wicked. You know that, right? Really, really wicked. Unsurpassed the wickedness that happened in, in Noah's day. The question is, how far will he let us go as a, as a world before he comes back to judge? We don't know. But we, what we do know is we see wickedness waxing worse and worse. We see when the Lord told us that not just that there would be a, a, a more wickedness, but then he said... He said that good will be perceived as evil, and evil will be perceived as good. Whoa, we're seeing some of that too. We're starting to see a lot of that. We're seeing that. If you want to hold on to righteousness, through time, you were, you were welcomed. Oh, he's a good person. He, you know, okay. But now it's like, you know, no, we want you to be wicked like us. Because this idea, so we're seeing a change. We're seeing, we're seeing it get deeper and deeper in the muck and mire. Watch out. Be ready. Keep looking up. So immediately I, w- I was in the spirit and behold, a throne set in heaven, a throne, a seat set in heaven. The first thing we see, the most important thing, what makes heaven such a, a wonderful place is that God Almighty is there and he's sitting down. There's a throne there for him. You, you know, we know what a throne is on the, an earthly throne, right? 
you know, kings, we, you know, have sat on the throne before. I'm, I mean, even you think, I think of judges. They have these big chairs that they sit in. You just think of the Supreme Court. They've got these big chairs. That's their thrones, right? They sit up above everybody, and that's kind of like elevated position. And because they're the important people in the room, you know, they can make decisions or whatever, and, and, um, or they're ruling the kingdom, and so they're in this particular place. But in heaven, there's only one. Everybody recognizes there's no, there's no wondering about who's in charge in heaven. There's no wondering about the one that created all things. It's, it's, a, it's a done deal in heaven. Everybody that's there, that's a participant there, understands that when they get there. And they know that. There's no mistake. There's no mistakes being made there at all. So there's a throne set in heaven. And then there was one who sat on the throne. The triune God sat on the throne. Now, he's going to try and describe what the Lord God, and who God is spirit, what God the Father looks like. I mean, how do you describe, you know, no man's ever seen him and lived, but how do you describe him, what he looks like? Here's what he says. He who sat there, verse 3, was like a jasper and a sardius stone. Now, near as I can figure out, a jasper would be likened to a diamond, okay, in its purest sense, okay? Think about what you look at when you look at the best the, the biggest, the best diamond you could ever see, just kind of like the thought or the, what, what you look like, the, 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 what the diamond would look like. He says he said there was like a jasper and a sardius stone, which I've been told is just, has a real red hue to it, just really red. And so he's, he's, he's liking it to these two, likening what he's looking at is the two stones. And a sardius stone, a sardius stone in appearance. And there was a rainbow around the throne. Lo and behold, who doesn't like rainbows? Think about that. In, in the book of Genesis, God gave a rainbow to man. Remember, the world was judged, right, in the, in the days of Noah. And then God put a rainbow after Noah landed and everything. He put it up in the sky to let the people know that there would no longer be a judgment with a flood, with rain. Specific. He wasn't saying there would never be another judgment. He was saying there will never, the world will never be judged by a flood again. And so he gave the rainbow. And aren't rainbows beautiful? You know, anybody ever been to Hawaii? They get rainbows over there. There was a pastor speaking at the pastor's conference, and, you know, Bud Stonebreaker, his dad started the church over there in the 60s, and, and everybody, you know, gives him a hard time because he's ministering, you know, in Hawaii, you know, surfing, and, and you know, and, and so guys, Calvary Chapel pastors always do that with guys from Hawaii. So they're probably sick of it. But anyway, they still get it. And he says, yeah, the guys always come up to me and tell me, say this. And I say, look, I was born there. He was. He was born. And I was born in Hawaii. I've been there my whole life. So, you know, not like I went there on my own. I was born there. And then he goes into saying, yeah, and by the way, I just want to tell you, on the other day, I almost got in a car wreck. I, I almost hit a rainbow. I had to swerve to miss it. And it's kind of like a little jab, you know, like there are no, no rainbows like in Hawaii. And he's right. And I remember seeing one there. It was almost like, in my, my way of looking at that thing was like, it was almost like it was making noise because it looked so alive. It was like electric or something, you know. But they're beautiful over there. But this rainbow on the throne, which is kind of interesting, it says there was a rainbow around the throne. Now, I don't know what you think of when you think of that, but my first thought was, well, maybe there's like a wall or something behind. There's a rainbow behind it, sort of like you see a rainbow from horizon to horizon. But think all the way around the 360. You know, a rainbow, that's what it is. It, it, so is it above it, you know, like in the midst of it, you know, but it's, it's, it's rainbow in appearance. But then this kind of throws us a little bit like an emerald. In an appearance like an emerald. Well, emeralds are green, good. It's a 
sharp group here. No, it's good. Well, we know that much, right? Emeralds have always been green as far as I know. So this, this rainbow has an appearance of an emerald. And you're thinking, okay, you're losing me a little bit there because now you've thrown this rainbow that's all green, okay? And I, some of you are thinking, you know, some of you uh, Irish people are thinking that kind of stuff, but the green thing. But green in appearance like an emerald, okay? And then around the throne, verse 4, were 24 thrones. So there's other thrones that around the throne. In my mind, automatically, I think, well, not the throne. They're, they're kind of submitted, you know, they're, they're like a, a smaller throne, you would think, right? And it says, around the thrones were 24 thrones, around the throne. And on the thrones, I saw 24 elders sitting clothed in white robes, and they had crowns of gold on their heads. And that's the heavenly scene. you got a throne there, and there's 24 elders. They're clothed in white. Now, what we believe there, the question is, who are these people? And why, you know, why are they sitting on thrones and there's 24 of them? Uh, there's only 24 people in heaven? Is that, you know, we believe that they are representatives of the church. Now, you get to chapter 5, and then it talks about ten thousands of thousands of other saints being there. But I do believe that they are the saints. They're the church. There are 24 people from the church. Some believe that they are the, 12, the heads of the 12 tribes in the Old Testament, and then the 12 apostles in the New Testament. Well, that sounds good, doesn't it? 12 and 12? 24? That makes sense. The interesting thing was John would be one of those 12. Think about that. So what was he looking at the back of his head or the front of, you know, what, you know, was he seeing himself or was there an empty chair? No, there's 24. It's interesting. If that's the case, how does that all work? You know, is he looking at himself in, a, in a, something that's happening yet future? You know, because he's, he's looking at something that's, that's going to come in the future. Anyway, um, it's, it's all good to think about and to think on. But know this, the white robes, very significant. I think very significant into figuring out who these people are. Because the white representing holiness, pureness, or righteousness, robed in, think about heaven, the people that are there are going to be robed in Christ's righteousness, right? So it makes sense that it would fit that that's the church, that these people are representatives of the church. They're there around the throne. And then the, the, we're talking about crowns now. They're going to have a gold crown on their head. Rewards, right? See, heaven is a gift. The fact that you could be there is a gift, something that no one can earn. It's a free gift from God. It's an open door. But you must go his way. You know, you must believe that Jesus is the only way. And you must say yes to him. He's already made a way. He's not asking you to bleed. He's asking you to believe. And so there's one way to go. But when you ask Christ to come in, the Bible says this, John 1, 12, to as many as received him, Jesus, to those he gives the right to be the children of God, to those who believe in his name. And so when you receive Christ and he comes into your life, you are robed spiritually in, in Christ's righteousness. Oh, yeah, the sinner's still inside. And, and we're, you know, I'm looking around. I don't see any white robes physically with my eyes. But if you're in Christ today, if you believe in Jesus, if you have faith in him, that's the way God sees you. You're robed in righteousness. And that's important because everyone that's in heaven is righteous, perfectly righteous. There's no more sin in heaven. There's no more sin in heaven. And so we see these 24 elders with 24 thrones. And then, if that's not enough, it says, 
They had these crowns on their heads. Just finish with the crowns. The crowns are rewards. Rewards. Because we see that what's going to happen with these crowns, it doesn't mean signify them as being kings of any kind or anything like that. But by the way, we are kings and priests. We're a kingdom of priests, the Bible says, as, as Christians. But it says, and from the throne, verse 5, and from the throne proceeded lightnings, thunderings, and voices. Lightnings and thunderings. I don't know about you, when I, when I see that, I think of loud. Lightnings and thunderings, as a kid, we used to believe this. I guess it's somewhat irreverent, but it, it, at that t- stage in my life, it's good that I was acknowledging God in anything, I think. But when we used to hear lightning and thunder in Maryland, we heard a lot of that. We asked, as kids, we used to say, oh, it's God bowling. God's up there bowling. Because you hear rumble. It's like a, a big you know, bowling alley with a ball going down there and you know, that kind of thing. And, and we used to say that. Um, I don't say that anymore, but I've got to tell you something. Whenever I hear lightning and thunder, whenever you don't hear lightning. You, when you hear thunder, it shakes the universe, doesn't it? I mean, it just shakes the universe more than anything I've ever heard before. Yeah, I've heard shells uh, go off, you know, and things like that, big bombs, and it, it, it kind of shakes the world. But I'm going to tell you something. That when, I hear a, when you hear a, a, a lightning strike, you know, it's, it's loud. God's involved in that somehow. I know that the scientists have it all figured out. Well, this has to happen and that has to happen. I don't, I don't know how God does it, but it, he's in it somehow. He's in it somehow. And there are lightnings and thunders and voices, it says, proceeding from the throne. Seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. And we've seen this in other places, and we believe it's the... And Isaiah talks about the sevenfold work of the Holy Spirit, But the throne, I'm sorry, before the throne, there was a sea of glass, like crystal. And in the midst of the throne and around the throne, there were four living creatures, full of eyes in front and in back. The first living creature was like a lion. The second living creature, like a calf. The third living creature had a face like a man. And the fourth living creature was like a flying eagle. Wow. Now, Isaiah talks about this. Ezekiel talks about it a little bit, um, a little bit of a nuance on the look of these creatures. Um, but Isaiah said they have six wings. I'm thinking, man, six wings. According to, to him, though, they were just using two to fly, one to cover their eyes, one to cover their feet. But the idea is here these creatures have six, six wings, and they're not just sitting there, something to look at. So like people will put like a statue somewhere on their lawn or somewhere at the end of their driveway and, you know, look at this statue or whatever. But these things had a purpose. God had created them. It says, verse 8 says, The four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within. Figure that out. Around and within. Okay, what does that look like? And they do not rest day or night. And you're thinking, now, how did, John, how did he know that? Seems like he just got there. And he already has things figured out in heaven. I mean, do they have a sign on them? We're 24 7 seraphims. We don't stop, you know? Well, probably not, right? But there's a knowing. Think about this. When you get there, you will know things that you didn't know before. See, right now we're, we're seeing through a glass dimly, right? We have the Word of God. He explains it to us, but we're not going to get it all till we get there. It's just the way that it is. We have to, that's, we have to live by faith when it comes to that. But listen what these creatures are doing. Look what they're saying. They don't rest day or night, but they're saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. This is what they're 
saying about God. They're recognizing his holiness, that he's a holy God. There's no one else like him. There's no one else like him. Lord God, he is almighty, and who was, who is, and who is to come. And that means this, is that he's always existed. He's the pre-existent one. He's always, I can't even get that through my mind. Have you ever thought about that? How is it that God always existed? Where did he, well, he didn't have a beginning. He always, uh, where did he come from? No, he's always existed. How does that work? Well, when you're a created being, it's hard to fathom things like that. You know, we have to believe it. I, I, I think I know, I have a better understanding of what it means to keep going and never end. You know what I mean? I, I, can, I can somewhat grasp that idea. Life never ends. But life never beginning, that's hard for me to figure out. I can't get that. That describes God. He's always existed. We just have to take that by faith. Now, whenever the living creatures, verse 9, give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, by the way, I just want to say this, it's a little off topic, but it's worth, that is a great name for a a worship group, casting crowns, by the way. No, it is, right? I know it's already taken, but my point is, when they came up with this, this was inspired of God as far as I'm concerned. I mean, doesn't it focus you for what your music should be like? I mean, casting crowns is the perfect, as far as I'm concerned. Um, no wonder God's blessed what they're doing. But anyway, but that's what they do when they're, you get these creatures flying around the throne, and then the, the elders, they throw their crowns. And my first thought was, okay, John's seeing this. You know, they're, they're, they're throwing their crowns, and I'm thinking, I don't know, I think like this. I'm thinking, okay, so how does this work? Now they've thrown their crown. they got the rest of eternity. Now what's happening now? What's next? I mean, you know, and, and you think about it, it's continual. Every time they do this, they're doing it 24-7. So every time they do it, the crowns go out. And, I'd be, you know, I'm thinking, second service, they go get their crowns and come back. No, it probably doesn't. No. Yeah, I'm tr- well, how do you get a better? How does it work? You know, how does this thing work? I mean, you got the crown. You want to throw it at his feet. I mean, does he automatically it comes back or there's a new one? You know, who? I think it's. These are the, 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 the gaps that we have that we can't understand on this side of heaven. And I think the more amazing thing is that we can understand any of it. But, but I, I would say this to you regarding crowns. They are rewards that you earn in Christ. That's not a free gift. The Bible is going to talk about these as we go through Revelation. The, things that, the crowns that you earn as a Christian... Um, you know, by believing in Christ, you, you know, you, you don't earn it. That's a free gift. You, it's heaven. It's, that's not what we're talking about. But then there are gifts for, for your obedience to Christ, for living out the life that he's called you to. You will earn rewards on earth for being faithful, for being a faithful steward of what God's put before you. So listen, you want to be faithful. You know, some people, and it's a bad place to be, they're wondering, how much can I really be involved in the world and be in sin and still go to heaven? If that's what you're thinking, you're in the wrong place right now. You're in a dangerous place. Instead, you should be thinking, man, I want to have crowns. How can I work? I mean, I want to have crowns. So when I, not, not so you can be the biggest crown, but when, when the music starts playing, you've got something to throw at his feet. I mean, we're right there before the throne, and it's going to be great to be there and have something to, to give back. I mean, he's given you, you've earned that. A crown is one that's earned by being faithful to to what's been put before you. But you're going to be so blessed to be able to take that that he gave you and throw it back at his feet. It's, you'll be able, it's, it's, you're going to give your worship to him like that. And, and I, I see it as a literal thing. The Bible talks about these things. So 
Don't waste your time chasing after gold on the earth that will mean nothing to you in heaven. Nothing. The people back on earth will be fighting over it after you're gone. That's generally, you've seen that happen, right, with people's piles of money, even the family members. Uh, you know, don't want to get too far off, but you, you see what can happen when it becomes all about that and it's not about the Lord. But these kind of crowns go before you and God gives you those and then you can give them back to him and have something to give back. My encouragement to you, church, is that you live your life in such a way that you have crowns that there at the marriage supper of the Lamb and the Bama Seat Judgment when you get those so that you'll have something to throw at his feet. It won't be about... Look at my crown when we get there. That'll be all, all that pride will be behind us. We will be perfected, but it'll be nice to have a crown to throw at his feet when we get there. This is what they'll be saying. You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. Check out in heaven. There's no evolution in heaven. There's no evolutionary theory in heaven. All that's been put to, put to shame here. on That's an earthly thing. That is something, that is one of the lies that's being told to explain away the very existence of God and where man came from. In heaven it says there that you created all things. Everybody there believes that. Everybody's on the same page with God in that particular time and everybody that believes something else won't, won't be there. I mean, it's all about him. And isn't it interesting how the things that people can believe in on the earth, a little far removed, you could say, from heaven, but God's presence is here. And everything that he can do to make himself known to man and the things that man will hold on to, to try and explain away God. And what it comes down to, folks, is really the Bible says in John that the, the reason people don't come to God because their deeds are evil and they want to hold on to them they don't want to walk in the light because when you walk in light, you're exposed. And they don't want to do that. And so they hold on to their sin and they come up with um, ideas. Some people are seeking to change the definition of what sin is, try and make themselves feel better. That's not going to work either. It's certainly not going to be like that in heaven. The truth is truth. And someday the earth will be judged by God's truth. And then it will be too late for anybody when that time comes. The Bible says this, it's appointed once for a man to die, and then the judgment. So he says, you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they exist and were created. Because God wanted to. That's why he created us. He wanted to. It's not that he needed to, it's because he wanted to. And he wanted to because he wanted to have fellowship with you. He wanted that fellowship with the creation. He desired that, and I've got to tell you something, he did it more for us than he did for himself. Well, that's all the time we have for today here on Anchored in the Word with Pastor Bill Beckelman of Calvary Chapel Coastlands. Don't forget to join us next time as we continue our verse-by-verse study through the book of Revelation. If you've missed part of this message and would like to catch up or you'd like to hear it again, This message is archived at our website at anchoredintheword.com. That's anchoredintheword.com. And if you'd like to continue studying with Pastor Bill as he teaches through the Bible at Calvary Chapel Coastlands, we have the entire library of his messages posted for listening and download. 
go to our website at www.anchoredintheword.com and connect with Calvary Chapel Coastlands for our online messages. We would love to hear from you, so if you have any questions, comments, or prayer requests, please contact us. Our phone number is 732-544-2225. That's 732-544-2225. If you prefer to write, our address is 178 Main Street, Eatontown, New Jersey, 07724. Or email us at office at cccoastlands.org. If you're in the Eatontown, New Jersey area and would like to visit us, we would love to meet you. Calvary Chapel Coastlands is located at 178 Main Street in Eatontown, New Jersey. Anchored in the Word is the radio ministry of Pastor Bill Beckelman of Calvary Chapel Coastlands. We hope you will join us again as we continue our study through the book of Revelation. It's our prayer that you would be moored in sound doctrine and anchored in the Word. Anchored in your-